Welcome to The Ascent. That is the Success Ascent podcast where we believe success is a journey, not a destination. My name is Pat Mancuso and my commitment is to provide you a huge return on your investment of time larger than you could ever imagine. During each episode, you will hear from entrepreneurs and business owners who have achieved high level success and are committed to giving back to others. They will share the strategies that have allowed them to break through ceilings and achieve greatness when others typically quit. On today's show, we are interviewing Scott Malouf. Now, Scott is an incredible individual. Think about this. At age six, he sold 1,700 candy bars. He started off as an entrepreneur at an early age. The thing that Scott said that really impacted me today was that we all have more potential, which is something that I believe, and we have to keep pushing that potential. The other thing he said is we create our own ceilings. And he talked about being in business with the right people. And once you get in business with people, it becomes about them and not about you. I am extremely excited today. I took two pages of notes in our interview. So let's get to the ascent, the success ascent. Of the Maloof International Group. And he's going to tell you more about that business and how he got it started and the ceilings that he broke through and the challenges that he had. So I'd like to introduce Scott Maloof. So Scott, welcome today. Ed, thank you for having me today. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm excited to go over, you know, the journey and everything that we've gotten to, to we're here today. Well, Scott, you know what I'm most excited about? And I know, you know, you and I have known each other for a number of years and I've had the opportunity to have you in a number of the, the training events that I've done. And, and I always kid you a little bit and, and yet I'm just so proud of you. My gosh, how old are you? Me? I'm 33. 33. And you started in real estate when? Uh, five years ago. So I started at 28. So you started at 28. So Scott, before we get too deep into that journey, what brought you into real estate? So I look at life as seasons. And in my season before real estate, I, I owned a kiosk business. I owned actually, I had 14 different kiosks that I owned in different malls as well as I was in the entertainment business doing um, event planning. So during the day I would do everything at the mall. We pass out flyers for the events we had at night. And for the, for the kiosk business, it was, you know, one kiosk would do great and then the other kiosk would fail. And then I was, the way I was expanding, I was like, okay, well, I got friends in Cleveland, so I'm gonna open there. And I got friends in North Carolina, so I'm gonna open there and I was still here in Texas. And that is not the way to expand. And I've learned that through other training events and also through my own obstacles, that that is not how you just open the next business because you have a good product. Um, so I, I learned that that business, I had to sell it. So I sold it to different kiosk businesses that were in the mall, the e-cigs and certain people that were in the same malls as me. And then for the entertainment, doing the, the marketing for that, that I didn't look at as a career. It was a great hobby and it was, and I met a lot of people, yet it wasn't a good career that I could see myself doing for the next 20, 30 years. Um, I wasn't proud of who I was becoming and I feel everybody has a gift and I had the gift of being a connector at that time, yet I was connecting for the wrong reasons. So I would tell people, hey, come out here and I would bring, you know, two, 300 people to a certain event. And then I would get a call the next day about, hey, I got a DWI or something else happened that night and I and I was like what and I had to shift my thinking so 
from there, real estate was something that I know being a connector and being able to have a good uh, sphere was going to be definitely a business that I was going to enjoy doing. And then also it was fruitful. So the fruit that I was able to get from it has been great. So Scott, it sounds like you've been an entrepreneur from a very early age. I mean, you talk about the kiosk and you talk about the entertainment industry and and uh, so how have you looked at business? I mean, you know, we all look at uh, being an entrepreneur and the folks we talk to on this, uh, on this show on a weekly basis, they all have this entrepreneurial mindset. Where do you think you got that from? I think it started real young. So I think it started when I was like around six years old. So they used to have candy sales at our elementary. And my mom was really big on, you know, we would get the magazine and we could, I would circle which, which, what, what I was going to go after if I was going up to the karaoke machine or certain things at that age. And we would sit in front of the, I would sit with my mother in front of the convenience store and we would start selling the candy bars. And I would, I would get the record every year from, I know that one year we sold 1700 candy bars in, the, in that year. And this is when I was like between six and 10 years old. Um, so doing that, I, it, it really helped me start talking to people. And then when I was in middle school, I started going to the teen parties that they had in our area. And the guy would charge to get in and I would come with about 10 to 20 people. And he would say, hey, if you wanna start getting in free, I'm gonna give you these flyers to pass out at your school. Well, I started passing them out and I was starting to come with more and more people. And he gave me the opportunity. He said, if I pick you up at lunch from your school, and took you to these other schools to pass out flyers, would that be something you're open to? I'll pay you to do it. So he would start picking me up when I was in high school from my high school, and I would start going into every other high school and passing out flyers. And I would get paid to do that, yet I think that made me, that helped me learn too, that learning to meet more people and have more influence, because I would look for the influencers inside of that school, and then we would call and, and invite people out to the parties as well. So I think it's it's been around, it's been in my blood, I guess, since I was in elementary and then through high school. Um, I did have other jobs in, in middle school as well. Like they had these nine pin bowling alleys where I would set up the pins and I'd have to sit in the middle and they would bowl, like they would, it would, I would have to roll the ball back and set up the pins back. So those were things that I learned that I was like, I would never want to do this again. So the I liked working for myself, um, yet I also liked to learn so, and that's a good thing about the business that I'm in today. The training never stops. And then the growth mindset, having that growth mindset on, okay, how can I take it to the next level? And how can I take it to the next level? It never stops either. And that's one thing I'm most excited about is with, with real estate. They talk about this too, because if, if I was to work at Foot Locker, I get a really good deal on sneakers. Well, because I work in real estate, at times I get a really good deal on real estate. And that's one of the best investments you can make. They say the best investment on earth is earth. And that's one thing I learned is investing in earth has been a great reward so far in the business. Well, absolutely. And you know, if you, if you go back and you, you uh, read and study highly successful people, many of the highly successful people going back, you know, for centuries owned real estate because real estate never goes to zero. Unlike a stock or the stock market, and so that real estate, when you look at it, not just for home ownership, however, for also for a wealth building tool, um, it, it really is a great vehicle. So Scott, was there anything before we jump to your real estate uh, ventures, 
Was there anything along the way when you were younger, whether it was a book, a mentor, anybody who inspired you or anything that inspired you through that entrepreneur kind of thinking? Um, so th there's always been influencers. I had a guy, K-Rock, that he was the guy that did the concerts here in town. He was one guy that I always looked at, looked out. Um, I have mentors through my life, like my grandfather. Mm -hmm. He was a chief, he was a chief master sergeant in the Air Force, and he's somebody that I've always looked at as far as leadership, um, and the way he deals with situations because he had six kids and being able to deal with all of that as well. And then my mother, um, she was a single mother, so being able to see how she raised me and and did whatever it was to be able to put food on the table was always uh, inspiring. Um, and then through different avenues that I've been through in my, in my, in my life, I've ran into people that been able to help me grow before I was in real estate and they've been able to help me look at situations different, um, how to be able to treat others because that's really what it's about. It's about people. Yeah. And I, and I think that's one trait that I had way before real estate was it's always been about people. It's never been about the money. Well, you know, one of the things that I've always loved being around you is you're so humble and, and you, you, you connect, I mean, incredible with people. And I've watched you, I've watched you in rooms of, of a thousand people where people will come up to you and, and uh, they flock to you. You have that, that uh, energy and, and it's not like a, you know, dance off the chairs type of energy. It's, it's just that it's it, that it, we call it the it factor is what we really call it. The it factor. Um, and it's so fun to watch that. And, and I know, you know, your, your, uh, your mom was very instrumental um, in your life. And as a single mom, obviously, uh, put it all out there to, uh, to help you to succeed and give you the right values. Uh, because that's important as well. It, it really is about the values. And, and I know I see them, even though I never had the opportunity to meet your mom, I, I see them in you. And, and so it's, it's just, it's so refreshing to see that. So, so Scott, let's talk about your real estate business. And, and one of the things that, you know, I want to start off with is having been in the real estate industry for a long time and, and had a number of roles, coach, mentor, consultant, franchise owner. Uh, I, I've, I've watched your growth in, in the last five years and many people come into real estate as a career and, and you really didn't do that. This is a business for you, a multi-million dollar business. And so let's go back to, to day one. What was the big deciding factor real estate? I mean, I feel like you could have probably chosen any type of business. What brought you into real estate? Um, so I, I had friends that talked to me about it and we, I kept putting it on the back burner, put it on the back burner. And then one day I called him and he said, hey, uh, my friend Jose, he said, Hey, I'm going to be taking my classes um, up at the board, the board here in, in San Antonio. And I, he said, you want to take them with me? And I literally turned the car around and went straight to take my class and signed up there. Um, and then by the time I passed my test to get my license, he had passed away before me. And by the time I passed it, he was already back at T-Mobile. So I still ended up going to the brokerage that, that he had went to yet. He was already gone. And I was, uh, I was, I was all in. So I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I was like, played all in. 
So let's talk about your first year in real estate. I mean, the numbers are pretty staggering in, in folks that come into real estate and then don't make it in real estate. In the first year, I believe the most recent numbers were well over 70% of people don't make it past their first year. And not only have you made it past your first year, you've built an incredible business. Let's go back to that first year. Talk to me about you know, some of the challenges, some of the ceilings you broke through. What was your mindset at that time? So mindset's always been huge. Um, you come into the business and everyone's like, well, the average the average uh, salary of a real estate agent is seven to $9,000. And I'm like, wow, like I'm, I'm looking at a lot of um, limited beliefs. People are like, well, you're not going to be surprised if you sell more than 10 homes. That would be, that'd be great if you sold 10 properties your first year. And there's so many things that you're being fed that you have to kind of be very careful on what you put into your ears. Um, you know, John Maxwell says that the most important real estate in this world are in between these two ears. And that's what my, my main focus has been since the beginning is, okay, who am I, who, what advice am I taking from people and, and the people that I'm taking that advice, would I want to switch chairs with them? Would I want to be where they are today? Ooh, and, stop right there. Stop right there. Say that again, because that is so powerful. When, when somebody is giving me advice and somebody is talking to me about, well, this is what you should do. I ask myself, would I want to switch chairs and be in the chair that they're in today? And wow. I, I was blessed to have a great, um, as far as our, 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 my office that I'm in, his name is Craig Owen. Right. And he thinks big and he's always thought big. And at that time we had 700 people in our office. And I was like, well, there's seven people. And he owns multiple offices. That was just our office. And he always just, you know, when people would tell him goals and they, he would, they would, he would never tell somebody, no, he would say, well, are you going to put the work to be able to hit that goal? Are you going to put in the, the effort it is to hit that? So my thing was, well, what's the record for the most sold in one year in our office? And I asked Craig that and he, he told me the agent that had it. And at that moment I was like, okay, well, I'm going to beat it. So that was my, that was my mindset was I'm going to be whatever the record was the first year in the business. And I ended up closing 85 transactions that year. Wow. So that year was, uh, we, I did go through a lot of mindset. Um, I did go through a lot of accountability. I did learn that as bad as you want it for some people, they have to want it for themselves. Um, that's one thing I've learned. And I've learned that through even having a team now, um, you, you, they have to have that self drive. They have to have that inside of them and not everybody has it as bad as that you, you want it for them. So um through that first year that's one thing i did was i i surrounded myself with people that were going to show up awesome so i i i got a group of I, I met about 100 people in the office and i would text them all of them and i would say hey meet me at the office at eight o'clock we're going to practice we're going to do a script and role plays what we do in our business and we're going to practice script and role play and then i'm going to print phone numbers around a listing that you just got i'm going to print the phone numbers text me an address and I'll print them for you. And that morning we can call circle, circle prospect around them. And then out of the hundred, I would text 20 would show up. And then that morning when it came to the 20 showing up, actually 20 was text back out of the 20 that would text back 12 would show up. Eight would have an excuse on why they weren't going to make it that morning. And then out of the 12 that showed up, six of them would conversate to avoid actually making calls or to avoid actually doing the business. 
So then there was only like a, a really like six people that were actually hungry enough to say, okay, let's, let's get it. And those are the six people I stayed around for that year um, until I started my own team. And so, so what you see is, is you, you see the people that you're actually in competition with in some aspects and you're not really in competition yet. You started with 20 or 30 and you're now down to six. And, and sometimes people's mindset is, was, well, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. And, and that is absolutely not true, particularly in sales. So, so Scott, let me, um, I, I want to go through this trajectory. So 85 home sales the first year. How about year two? Year two, 151. So you basically almost doubled it. Year three? 238. Again, significant increase, about 75, 80%. Year four? 410. Oh my gosh. Year five? We're in year five right now. And so what's your goal this year? This year's the goal is 500 transactions. So let's go back to last year. I, I know the number because you and I have talked. So 400, how many? 410 transactions. And so that created gross revenue for your company of how much? A little bit over 2 million. Okay. So, so for all of you that are listening out there, I just want to stop and, and I want, I want to, I want us to marinate on this a little bit. You started a real estate business four years ago and four years later, it grossed over $2 million. Correct. Now, Scott, I'm not real. I always have this saying, I say to people, I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree. However, tell me how many businesses one could start and in four years gross $2 million in, in revenue. Very, probably less than 1%. That'd be a lot of candy bars, right? Be a lot of candy bars. That'd be a lot of candy bars. You know, something you said, and, and there's a pattern, and you probably realize it, Yet I heard it, and I want to stop and make sure that all of our listeners pick this up. You tend to have a mindset that some would call never satisfied, unhappy, and I would call it never satisfied, knowing that you have more potential. You said you 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 asked when the candy bar deal was. Well, what was the record? How many candy bars? And you you pushed yourself. You did the same thing when you came into real estate with Craig. You see that pattern? I do. I never really, I never actually looked at it, but now that you talk about it, it's always been, how can we push it to the... How can we get better? Yeah, and then keep pushing it. There is no, there is no ceiling. And people always talk about, oh, there's a, you're going to reach a ceiling. It's, it's, you create your own ceiling. Well, and, and the thing is, is and, and I, I don't know about you, for me, I've experienced this in my life sometimes where people will go, well, you're never satisfied. And they will always present that as a negative kind of conversation. And they were right. I was never satisfied. And that was because I knew I had more potential. In, in one of the missions that I have as, as a coach and as a consultant and as a mentor, and certainly with all the things that I'm doing, is I know I have more potential, which means I can see up more potential in others. And, and you're really a great example of that where, you know, you're, you're not satisfied. It's not a negative. You just see that you have more potential. We're just getting started. <laughs> well, so let's talk about that. So when, when, when you built this business, and of course, there's always people, and, and one of the things that we always have to remember is we always all have this voice in our head. And and then we have the voices outside of our head and the friends and the people who think they're helping us. And, 
And yet the voice inside your head is you desired to build a business and you realized you weren't going to be able to do it through yourself. You were going to need others. And I think sometimes, particularly in real estate, yet in other businesses as well, people look and go, they judge and they look at results and they go, well, those results were because of blah, instead of looking at saying, how did you do that? So how did you build, Scott? And, and let's talk in maybe two or three specifics. How did you build a business from zero revenue to in four years, over 2 million gross revenue, and, and certainly you haven't stopped. How did you do that? What were the two or three key ingredients? The right people, the right systems, and then making sure that you're, you're actually being um, profitable. Okay, so let's go to the right people. People struggle with the right people. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of interesting. People struggle with the right people. And one of the things that our consulting company does is we have an amazing model helping companies, small to medium-sized business owners, hire the right people. And I know that you're familiar with that process and how that process is involved, evolved inside of KW, yet there's still the personal, the emotional, the bias side. So have you always made the right hiring decisions? No, I, I haven't. I've, I've, learned, I've learned through situations. And so what have you learned? Like what would be the one or two big things as people were listening in, in hiring and whether it's their first hire or their 10th or you have how many people on your team right now? Right now we have 23. Okay. And so what would be the two or three things that you've learned for people? Cause it's a big topic. It's a big, important topic. Keep, what have you learned? Take that time up front to really know that person, know how they, how to win with them, know how to lose with them, know how they, process, run them through personality assessments, um, call referral, call people that they that they've worked with in the in the past. That's one thing I was like, well, you know, I'll be I'll be able to help them. I'll be able to help them. Well then the the same reason they might have left that other place starts to show up. And you know, don't have the ego of not doing that stuff up front. Not and that's one thing I learned of, you know, it is okay to take a month to be able to bring somebody into your organization because you're not bringing them in just to be in for four to six months. You're, you're bringing them in for a marriage. I mean, this is a long-term relationship that you're looking for. And if you don't take that time up front, and, that, and that's how I explain to people now, I say, this interview process is the dating process. And then once you come on, that 90 days is like the engagement. And we're not really married until that 90 days. And then we're in a long-term relationship because through that 90 days, you learn a lot about them as well. And some of that will be exposed that you might have not learned in the, in the month of um, interviewing them. So that's one thing that I've learned about bringing in the right people. And then when you bring in the right people, it's no longer about you, it's about them. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people in our organization is they, they focus more still about them, 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 instead about the people that are, that are with them. Because that, that's, in our trainings, we've learned it's about I I do it, and then we do it, and then they do it. And I love the people that are inside of our organization, and, and that's the main thing for me is being able to make sure they get their potential. Because my world has to be big enough for their world to fit into it. And if I'm not thinking big enough for them, they, they should leave my world. And creating opportunity for them as well. So we do that all the time. We have leadership conversations. We, I know I've, I've talked to you about this before, that true 
leaders don't create followers, they create more leaders. Right. And my thing is to create more leaders inside of our organization that are gonna be able to lead others. Um, we, we always, in Keller Williams, they talk about find your five. And, my, and, and for me, it's finding the five that are gonna be there that, that understand how to lead the, ne the next five underneath them. So that's been really big on our side. Well, Scott, you know, one of the things you reminded me of is actually two things I would share with, uh, with everybody listening and or watching is first, one of my mentors um, always shared with me, put yourself in the conference room when you have somebody who's not performing and they haven't self-discovered they're not performing. In other words, they won't leave. Put yourself in that conference room in that chair and think about removing them from your business and then think about their families and think about the impact on their families. And before you hire them, understand if it's not the right person, you're more than likely going to have to have that conversation. And you took them out of the job market because it was about you instead of being about them. And I'll never forget that. And, and then the second thing, and this one's really simple, it's, and, and it's a great statement, it's, it's easier to fire somebody than it is to coach them up. In other words, people fire people all the time. In fact, in our business and in, in, in your business in real estate and in, in the businesses we coach, people fire people all the time. That's the easier part. However, coaching them up is, is the, the challenging part. And you mentioned the 90 days and in the models that we have, that 90 days is that where you're attached at the hip and you're training them. So it's not surprising to hear how you look at that and, and how you've built a successful team. And I've, I had the opportunity to meet a number of your team members and, and you know, they're energetic and they're fun and, and uh, you know, they're, they're loyal and they're supportive and, and they really have the values um, that you have. It's, it's amazing to see that. So I know that that 90 days is something you're spending a lot of time on. If somebody comes into my organization and they're not performing, it's not their fault at the end of the day, it's mine. And, and, and like you said on your point one, having that conference, that conversation with them, what I do now is I, I give them a check and I say, we have two options here. And you know I might've missed something in the interview process, yet if it's a performance conversation, you know we talked about the standards here. So here's a check for $2,000, or you have two weeks to be able to get X, whatever that production is for that agent. And nobody's ever took the check which has been surprising to me. Nobody's ever took the check. They all focus on it. And, and, and a lot of times, because um, I've had this conversation four times, two times, um, the person actually hit the performance, two times. The other two times after that conversation, they just stopped showing up. And it, for each person is different, so. They self-discovered and, and sometimes they just need permission. You know, another thing that, that sometimes business owners struggle with is their, their hearts are so big and, and they do need to move somebody on, and yet they, they, they feel uncomfortable with it. Yet sometimes when people aren't performing, they just need permission. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, if I was working for you and I didn't want to let you down, and yet I knew I was unhappy, I wasn't performing, sometimes just you as the business owner saying, hey, Pat, it's okay. You really need to focus on your family, and, and don't worry about us. We'll be fine. Sometimes people just need permission to move on. And you kind of gave them that with that $2,000 opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, so Scott, let's, so, so you've got big plans and, and, and I've told you this before. I really believe one day you are going to be the number one agent at Keller Williams uh, because your, your, your mindset, your trajectory and your 
your people skills and your connector. Let's talk about one thing where you, you, you wish you could do it again. If you had everything to do all over again, what would be that one thing that you would do differently? Um, I always go back to priority. You got to keep your priorities in line. Um, when, when I, my first year, I was probably a little bit more business than anything. And, you know, keeping God first, keeping the business, you know, your family before the business. So that it really does go God and then your family and then your business and, I, and making sure that your priority is in order when it comes to that. Um, so scheduling it and saying, okay, hey, this Monday through Friday, it doesn't matter. This is the time I'll be with my family for dinner. This is the time that I'm going to allow, for, you know, throughout the weekend for me to say, okay, if we're going to the movie night, we're doing movie night with the family. So that's one thing that I, I would definitely especially my first year would have spent a little bit more time making sure that those priorities were in order. Um, yet now my priorities are, are, are great. And I'm, my business is, you know, eight times more than it was then. So you can do it. It just, it's just finding the right people that were going to help you get it done. Do you think that that first year it was just, it, it was just, you were moving so fast and you were driving that you just lost a little bit of that focus? Sometimes you got to get chin checked to realize really what your priority is. And you could say it like, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, my family's, and then you get checked and then you're like, oh, well, maybe I wasn't living life like I say I was. Yeah. So you got to make your audio match your video. Yeah. And, and sometimes, and I mean, I know I've experienced that personally where you know, you're, you're moving so fast and, and you kind of justify and, and maybe defend, you know, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And then, you know, you, you defined it as, did you say chin slapped? Is that what you said? A chin check. Chin check. Yeah. You know, I say whapped upside the head. Sometimes yeah. you just got to, something's got to happen in your life and it's unfortunate. And it's, it's, I really believe, and I'm guessing you probably believe the same thing. It's like God saying, hey, wake up here. Um, you know, that you're, you're missing some of the priorities because you don't know when those things can be um, taken or, you know, when things change um, dramatically. So, Scott, what are you most proud of? Like, what's the biggest success? What's the one thing you're the most proud of? I enjoy taking my grandparents on trips. So I'm most proud of being able to do that so that they're 87 and we go to Vegas three times a year right now. You were just there not too long ago. I saw it on social yeah. media. Yeah, we were just there. And, and that's one thing that I just, you know, being able to, you know, work and then see something come from it that you're like, you know what, this is why I'm working. Being able to get on that, that flight and then when you land in Vegas and then the limo's there with your name and they're getting in the limo and it, like it just it's something that is more rewarding than it's definitely more rewarding than the money but it's 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 rewarding being able to see that with your family and then also being able to see people come into your world and hit their goals so that if they're like well this is something that i want to do for my family and you see six months later it comes true and they're doing it and you're like well, that's awesome and, and and it's not me that does it it's them because they're they're putting in the work i'm more just the bumpers in the bowling alley and they're and they're and making sure they don't get in the gutter yet they're still being able to hit those those pins and knock out those goals one at a time well you know it's it's and i've watched you know you you your family is really important to you and and i know it is because i see how you not only take care of your family 
your like immediate family, your personal family, your extended family, you treat your business and the people in your business like family. And, and so that it's just, that's refreshing again to see. So um, how'd you do in Vegas, by the way? How'd grandpa and grandma do? They did good. They won. I, I broke, almost broke even. Well, okay. Bro almost breaking even is breaking even. If you listen, that's right. Yeah. That's right. They didn't build Vegas on their money. They built it on everybody else's money. Yeah. So, so Scott, um, what would be one thing as we're kind of wrapping up here and, oh my gosh, I've got a bunch of notes from things you said. What would be one thing that if you could share with an entrepreneur, a small business owner who is, you know, maybe hitting a ceiling, maybe has some doubt, what would be just one thing if you had the opportunity to share with our listeners uh, before we kind of close out here? What would be one thing you could share? I know we talked about like immediate, like, oh, growth, 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 yet instant gratification doesn't always happen. If I went to the gym today and I did 100 sit-ups, I'm not going to have a six-pack. It takes time. And, you know, getting with consultants that are going to be able to help you, just like if I was to go to the gym, I would have a trainer that's going to be able to get me right. It's the same in business, having business consultants that are able to help train you to be able to get your business correct as well. And then also, it's like if you were to plant a seed today for a flower, you have to continue watering it. And just because the flower blooms doesn't mean you stop watering that garden. Right. You have to continue day after day. And it comes down to that three C's, the consistency, character, and confidence. And when you have those aligned, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Con consistency though, and understanding that it's not gonna happen overnight is something that you have to, you have, to have that mindset and that drive because a lot of people will go 90 days and they're like, I'm not making any money. I'm not doing, keep pushing, keep pushing consistency. And, and over time, you will start to just reap what you sow. Well, and I know you've read Gary Keller's book, The One Thing, and I have as well. And he says in there, you're only five years away from anything you desire in your life. And, and uh, you know, you're kind of saying the same thing. And, and yet, are, are we willing to pay the price for that five years? Uh, what great book are you reading right now? Is there one book you're reading that you would share with us that, and then and share with us uh, why that one's impacting you? Well, the book that I read this year that, but the beginning of the year that I would strongly suggest is Profit First. Uh, for anybody that has a business, this is a great book. Uh, it's definitely going to help you for your scoreboard. Your scoreboard is your bank accounts. And Profit First is definitely a book that I strongly suggest for everybody. It's a great book. It's a great book. So Scott, um, you know, how would or, or how could people get in touch with you, whether they had a real estate need in San Antonio or surrounding area, or maybe they wanted a business opportunity uh, with your organization? Um, how would they get, what would be the best way to get in touch with you? Easiest way is Facebook. Um, just look me up, Scott Maloof. I do have our business page as well, Maloof International Group. You can kind of see what we have going. We, we, we update that daily. So you see a lot of different houses that we have or milestones that we reached. Um, and then also Instagram S Maloof is very easy to get a hold of me as well. I love it. I love it. Well, Scott, you know, again, first of all, I am just so grateful that I've had the opportunity over the years to, uh, to interact with you, to be a coach, a mentor to you, uh, to have you on, um, interviews. You're always just so, um, uh, gracious and, and humble with your time and uh, everybody else listening out there we are glad that you were with us uh, today 
uh, at the Success Ascent podcast and, and listening to Scott and all the great things he shared. So until our next episode, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We'll take care. Have an awesome day. Thank you, Pat. What an amazing interview today with Scott Malou. Just less than five years ago, he was not in the real estate business. And just a short four plus years later, he's now at 2 million GCI, ladies and gentlemen. That's $2 million of gross revenue for a business. Scott's one of the most humble people that I know. And I took two pages of notes. I want to share a couple of thoughts with you before I leave. The first one is... Scott's clear that we all have more potential, and obviously that's a belief that, as a coach, I feel strongly about. He said we create our own ceilings, and there are no ceilings. And he said we are just getting started. And then the last thing is that his his vision is to create a big enough world so that others can grow into that world and experience opportunities for themselves. We were blessed to have Scott today. I trust you took a ton of notes. At our next session, we are extremely excited about uh, hearing from a gentleman by the name of Michael Mayer. Many of you may know Michael. He's an entrepreneur, business owner, successful author. He's authored two books, uh, one called The Seven Levels of Communication, and the other was The Miracle Morning. He co-authored that with Hal Elrod. He also has founded the Generosity Generation, the Generosity Generation, And he's created a huge following on helping people really look at how they do business, no matter what business they're in. So we're so excited to have Michael on the show in our next session. Please tune in. Have an awesome day. Take care. If you've not yet subscribed, please go to your favorite podcast source and subscribe to the Success Ascent or simply go to www.thesuccess.com. Ascent, and that's A-S-C-E-N-T.com, thesuccessascent.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. We look forward to catching you on the next Ascent.